Welcome to the OA Serenity Sunday Meeting Podcast. Serenity Sunday is now hybrid, meeting in person at Roxbury Park in Beverly Hills and on Zoom. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroups webpage at oalaig.org for information on how to join our meeting live in either iteration. Now that we're meeting in person, Serenity Sunday has regular meeting expenses and would appreciate Seventh Tradition donations to help support the meeting and this podcast. You can donate via Venmo at Serenity Sunday. Last four digits of the phone number are 6255 or through PayPal, Serenity Sunday 1212 at gmail.com. The opinions expressed on the Serenity Sunday podcast are those of the individual speaker and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. And now, our speaker. Hi, my name is Judy, and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. Hi, Hi Judy. Thank you. I, uh, I'm awfully nervous. Uh, my brother did come up from uh, Huntington Beach to meet up here, but he's not here, so uh, he found something better. I mean, he was out, outside, but anyway, not here, but... Uh, I've had a lot of mixed ideas since I have a long time in the program, as I know that many of you do too. And I think I should have some really cogent points to give you about what I got here. And that's what the program's all about. But um, it keeps changing all the time. And I keep changing all the time. And I can only say that the biggest thing I got was I got cracked. My egg got cracked. My tough <laughs> fighter energy, bam. It was only, I, I, I thought 48 years ago, I thought that I was an absolutely perfect human being, actually. I really did. I had a lot of uh, talents, a lot of gifts, a lot of uh, external facade. And I just thought the only thing wrong with me was this damn extra hundred pounds. But if I could only get that off, then I'd be absolutely perfect. And of course, I spent my life doing that, as many of us here. Passing around my before pictures, by the way, and my phone number and my email are on the back. Um, if anyone hearing the recording wants to get a hold of me, my landline, where I'll hear a message, I'll get back to you. That number is 760. 322-0388. I love to get calls from people. Uh, I no longer get paid for all that. And I do it for fun and for free. So uh, you'll get what you paid for. <laughs> but um, I, I certainly welcome them. So I, I see that Mark put up the pictures. And uh, I was thinking in the bathroom, Mark, should I or shouldn't I uh, mention that last week, you really inspired me with your share and uh, it inspired me to reach out and stuff like that. But what I do want to tell you is when people did that to me, like the next week, they kind of said, there, there, I felt for you. I got extremely angry. First thing was I'd forgotten even what my crisis was. <laughs> and that sort of pissed me off. And then they had the nerve their timing was off, you know? They should have comforted me last week, not this week. And uh, 
I'll just tell you that most of my battles with G.O.D. God have been timing battles. Uh, and I don't believe in God. Uh, but I do believe that prayer does not change God. It changes the prayer. So I want to keep coming here as a supplicant. I, I want to share something that's of value to you, but mostly I'm here to help myself. 48 years later, I still get value from meetings uh, because I have a, a capacity for infinite inquiry. Keep questioning, what's it all about, Alfie? And, uh, and what am I all about? Uh, last night I got into being a little controlling and uh, I'm very embarrassed about that behavior. I mean, I'm also a black belt Al-Anon. Um, I've been learning a lot about uh, my need to be helpful. I became a therapist, so, you know, figure it out. Um, and that worked well, benefited me and countless others. But uh, it's very hard for me to just uh, witness. I used to do retreats for OA, and one of them I did, I really liked was uh, I brought all kinds of old rock and roll songs. And one of them was Marvin Gaye, Can I Get a Witness? And, and that's what we're here for, is to witness each other's recovery. That's why it's important for me to stay rigorously honest about where I am day to day, year to year, and uh, not come to OA to put on facades. You know, I didn't come here to be a speaker. And uh, let's face it. If I want to impress people, there are better clubs. <laughs> you know, I want to be the queen of OA. Hello. Um, so um, anyway, you know, I don't I don't want to get a hot stick in the eye, but uh, I don't need the stuff I got for some time. And I'll I'll just say this. It was difficult in OA. Some of you know that I was invited to open the nation's first eating disorder unit uh, in about my sixth year of recovery. I had already been a trained alcoholism counselor and marriage and family counselor for many years. And there they asked me to do this. And uh, I used to come up here. I lived in San Pedro and I used to drive up to the Tuesday night. Uh, where was it? Over east. You know, that big meeting, that Tuesday night big meeting. Anyway, Len used to stand in the back all the time. Anyway, I'd drive up there and I would just listen to all your words of wisdom. I was so sponge, uh, you know, and then I'd drive back home. And then people in OA got word of that I was doing these other things. I never told anybody because I want to be in that mode, that hat. and. Um, so people would come up to me at the OA meetings, hey, how's your treatment center doing? Wow, we heard this and that. And I go, I don't want to talk about that here. You know, that I get here to fill myself. And, you know, I mentioned some about that at Roseanne's uh, memorial and uh, John was there. And, you know, people kept making her the founder and and putting her there. And uh, I have fought very hard 
not to be there. And sometimes I've even been honest enough that you've seen good reason not to put me there. Uh, but, but today I will say that I don't have that much negativity to share about myself, that, that it's mostly positive. Uh, I am just so much improved. I mean, it's taken a, a few years, but uh, I have become a decent human being. Uh, and I was interested, my brother was here. I'm not going to recount all that uh, we went through, but he was my witness. He uh, is the only person who really, really saw the violence and the meanness and uh, the lack of comfort that we came from. And we both ended up in these rooms. There was never any comfort at any, any time. Oh, you want to cry? I'll give you something to cry about. No. There would be this aching and whining and from the back bedroom, you know, Joan Crawford used wire hangers. My mother used wooden hangers. You know, it just, I don't need to recount that today and I don't have to make her wrong. Um, but it's no accident that I, be, I came here as a very angry person. And, uh, you know, my tombstone was going to be read, nobody got the best of her. Okay. And I still have some of that today, you know, and when I'm doing bargaining, shopping, I want to make sure I get the best deal, like thrift stores. I want to make sure nobody's taking advantage of me. And unfortunately, I was the only one who took advantage of me because I didn't allow myself to be open to the fellowship of the spirit and, and to receive. My early meetings, people came up to me, hi, would you like a hug? <clears throat> no, no, thank you. Why do they want to hug me? What do they want out of me? They want me to do something for them. Suspicious. So um, today, I mostly believe that people like me because I like me. So, uh, and I behave in a way most of the time that I, I walk away and I say, hey, she was a pretty nice person. I like how she handled that. Um, like I say, last night, I, um, I got a little too controlling. I don't like how she handled that, but I move on. You know, um, so I just wrote down this quote this morning from Albert Einstein. The intuitive mind is a special gift and the rational mind is its faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. So along with that is Gandhi who said uh, that our great gift is our ability to change ourselves. That's a real great gift we have. You know, cows are born as cows and they chew their cud and they have a little sex and they die. They don't go through any transformation. I lived the first 30 years of my life as the cow. And angels just float around heaven all day and they don't change either. That's what anorexics are trying to achieve. <laughs> I've been there, I've done that side. By the way, a few weeks ago in the New York Times Sunday Magazine section was a wonderful article that I'm now writing a whole thing 
about to answer to it, but basically, thank you. Basically, it was about that a lot of heavy people are anorexic. Hello. And it's a terrific article. And I'm kind of on a on a thing about all the labels that we get behind. You know, I'm an eater. I'm a bulimic. Bulimia means animal hunger. It's about how we take it in, not how we get it out. So let me not go there, but um, so I rarely say bulimia. I say vomiter. That's the behavior. But basically, all of us are here because we have an obsessional relationship with this substance and we've twisted. It's supposed to be used for comfort. But in my case, it got to the point it was a punishment. I didn't know it at the time, but usually it was for bad behavior or for my inability to be to stand up fully, put my ovaries on the line and express what I needed to say, whatever it, it was. Food was not my friend. And I'm glad it turned on me before I turned on it because I might still be out there. I, I do want to say uh, to anyone at home, if, if you're scared hearing this and uh, you don't like the idea of change and you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, I think that's terrific, and it's a good idea to leave now. <laughs> really, because it gets worse. You, If you stay, you will eventually understand what I'm talking about. And, you know, yeah, there's a lot. You know, we're not a glum lot. We laugh a lot. We have a lot of fun. But it's hard work to, for me to feel the rawness of when I'm in that state of perpetual longing when I have that awful ache, when I want it, grab it, eat it. And I'd love to tell you that, you know, like I've heard people say, God, from my first meeting, I never had a craving. I never, you know, God did it. Not been my experience. I've had to do a lot of the footwork and sometimes I get returned on my investment. And oftentimes it's the wrong time. You know, I got on the scale, darn it, and I did not lose the five pounds I expected. <laughs> so anyway, you know, uh, there's a Buddhism story that this woman went to a literati uh, cocktail party in New York, and there was a, a robed Buddhist monk standing there. And she went up to him. She said, oh, I've been really interested. Can you tell me about Buddhism? And he said, well, you want the short version or the long version? Well, come on, it's a party. Just give me the short version. So he said, well, the short version is pay attention. Well, that's not enough. Give me the, the long version. Okay. The long version is pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. And that's what I need to keep coming to these meetings for because you might say something I had not been paying attention to and it reminds me, hey, I need to focus on that some more. Uh, but not only that, I need to pay attention to what's going on around me and how I am impacting my fellows so that when I'm writing my fourth step, I know what provoked you to give me back. 
not just that I was victimized, I had all the best intentions. And there's another great song, you know, Dear Lord, why am I misunderstood? Don't you know my intentions were good? Five minutes. Thank you. Wow. So um, paying attention to what goes into my mouth and what comes out of my mouth. It's a lot of work, <laughs> but it's fun. If you, you got it, well, I've had to get behind it being fun, um, but it's embarrassing. You know, like I say, last night, I, I felt really embarrassed. Am I doing this again? <laughs> you know, And that's the other thing is, actually, I spent the evening with a, a friend who spends a lot of time explaining her psychodynamics and her what she's learned in Al-Anon and what she knows is wrong with her, but nothing ever changes. The behavior never changes. Well, again, newcomers, I want to warn you, in this program, you are going to want to change your behavior so that you can like yourself. Now, everybody's different. You know, some people need to be more assertive. Other people need to back off. They're too aggressive. Some people need to speak up more. Other need, people need to be quiet. So all of these rules you learn about, you know, put the cotton take the cotton out of your ears, put them in your mouth. Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe you need to do more. And that's why we need to have fellow travelers who are helping us along the line to guide us. I'm, I still ask guidance. I have 48 years down the pike. And I still call up and we do two-way prayer. She doesn't think she's the only responsible party in the room. She says, let's see what the universe gives us, you know? And then I often will trust that answer, often. Sometimes I still think my way is better, but uh, it's, it's a self-care program for me. And we're here to witness each other and how we do it and, and what's coming up next. And uh, I remember there was one year that all the ladies in OA were getting up and saying, well, I decided to be celibate. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? You know, food, shopping, alcohol, and no sex either. All gone. Nothing you can eat, drink, buy, or kiss that makes any difference. <laughs> and I said, these ladies are really full of it. I've heard it. I'm, you know, thank you very much. I didn't tell them. I went home quietly, as I often do. And a few months later, I had a few more experiences in that realm. And I got a meeting. I said, well, I've decided to be celibate. Mm -hmm. And there's probably some new person there who was saying, ah, I'm out of here. You know? But so what? So what? I listen. I take it in. Let it penetrate me. Um, so my fourth day in the program was... Well, my first day was November 22nd, 1974. My fourth day was Thanksgiving morning. And I woke up crying and shaking. And I told this lady um, that I, I wasn't going to make it. So she told me to go write. And uh, I wrote in a little room. And uh, I got one of the messages I got. My husband had just come off a drunk and a lot of things were going on. But um, 
the message I got was stay on the path. Just stay on the path. I didn't think much of it. So last year I was on one of these marathon meetings on Zoom. I go to a lot of Zoom meetings and um, a woman had 59 years of AA sobriety. And she told a story that she had met Bill W., the founder of AA. And uh, it was at a convention and she was uh, given to share a room with Chuck C. and his wife. And Chuck C. was a big AA speaker that all of us flocked to go hear this guy. He was a major guru. He's wonderful. He wrote a book called The New Pair of Glasses. And uh, anyway, so Bill W. wanted to meet Chuck C. And uh, he was wheeled in on a wheelchair into the room where they were all staying. And Bill W. looked at her and said, stay on the path. Just like that. And I couldn't believe it. It just had such a, such a message for me, you know. So I want to keep saying that the only thing I've really done perfectly in this program is I haven't left. Everything else has been quite imperfect. Um, and in terms of that openness, I also do a lot of things that gradually took hold. Like a few years ago, that is I was your doing... time. Oh boy. Anyway, <clears throat> so one of the things on my gratitude shrine is an empty cup. One year, one of my sponsors told me, just carry that cup around in your purse so that you keep being reminded that you are here to learn and experience, not to be impacting the world. So um, I, I still try to stay in that mode is what I'm saying. Now, let me see just if there was something totally brilliant and important <laughs> that I didn't mention to you. Oh, I, I will say this in terms of songs. Recently, the song has been going through my head, Huey Piano Smith, Don't You Just Know It. You know that song? Don't You Just Know It. Okay. Well, look it up. It's really fun. But we all know stuff. Everything we learned in kindergarten. And I knew and still know everything I need to know, but I need to hear it from other people. My sponsor keeps saying, I know you know this. I know. I've told you this, and still, I need to hear it again when I forget. I have a big forgetter. Well, anyway, uh, you missed out on so much brilliance. I cannot tell you. Uh, but I didn't, right? And I heard what I needed to hear. So uh, I'll keep coming back. Thank you.